Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're such a great God. You're so awesome. You're so wonderful. You are majestic. And we make a boast in you this morning because you are a good, good God. We thank you that you have delivered us from the hand of the enemy and you have brought us out into a wealthy place. We thank you that you are our peace. You are our deliverer. You are our salvation. Yes. You are our overcomer. Everything that we need is found in you. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your insight, for your direction, for your divine protection, for all the times you've made a way out of no way. We thank you for the good plans you have for us. And we thank you for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are redeemed. So we say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the shedding of your blood, because thank without you, the shedding Jesus. of your blood, there is no remission of sins. Thank you, Jesus. And then we thank you for Holy Spirit. You are here to teach and guide us, and we are ready to be taught and to be led. And we declare today that we are the people that we see the word, we hear the word, and we understand the word, and our lives are forever changed. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We see the word, we hear the word. We obey the word and our lives are forever changed. That's it. I love we it. see I the love word. It. I love we it. hear the word. We obey, obey the, the word, word and our lives are forever changed. Amen. That's how you change your That's life you right there. That is absolutely how you change your life. Amen. Amen. So listen, we're going to get into uh, this new <laughs> series. In this new series, uh, the title of it is What's in a Name? What's in a Name? Uh, and as Pastor Sean said, it really does dovetail perfectly to what we have been uh, talking about um, this month, the entire month. This is our last Sunday in the month of January. And, you know, we started uh, just going through that prophetic word that the Lord gave us for Fellowship of Champions to kind of anchor us through this year. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking about just understanding, uh, you know, this idea about the right hand of God. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, there's been so much good information not just from us, but I think about how Pastor Ralph has literally for two weeks, he came back and preached the prophet, the prophetic word. You know, he laid he laid out about <clears throat> what does it mean to be ready? You know, one of our things is that we're a blessed. We are ready and, and we, we win. win. And, and he's kind of come back and laid that out. So if you've been in tune uh, with what's happening here at Fellowship of Champions in the month of January, uh, you are prepped. You are primed and you are ready to go to this next level. Uh, and we're going to be talking about what's in a name. <clears throat> and the reason that's important is because we've been talking about God and we've been using the word God. And, and, and God is really kind of a generic, all-encompassing term. But we understand that when we look at the Old Testament, that they wanted to know their God. They wanted to know who their God was for every situation. <clears throat> and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And as we do, we just want to remember that there are some things that regardless to who we're talking about, what his name is, there are some promises that he's made us in all of those names. One of those we talked about last week came from Psalms 54 and 4. In Psalms 54 and 4, one of the things that we find uh, that he said last week was, it says, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. And then we started talking about how he's the God of sustainability, how he keeps us, how he helps us. Yes. Uh, and it was part of those three things that we mentioned. It was part of those three things that we mentioned when we began to talk about how, number one, when we rely and trust on, on God, his right hand, 
meaning his hand of authority, because that's really what the right hand is. Mm -hmm. Someone asked the question, it was cute. They said, you know, does God have a left hand? He does. But we understand that your right hand, when you go into court, they make you raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help you what? Yeah, God. so help you God. And so if that right hand represents God's authority, his power. It's like a king. A king used to wear his signia ring on his right hand. And when he would uh, decree a law, he would take that signia ring and he would put it in wax and he would stamp it. And it was his right hand. And when his right hand was stamped, it became law. And when God stamps us with his right hand, it is the law and no devil, no imp, no witch, no voodoo, hoodoo, whatever can touch us, right? right? And so we started talking about these three things. Number one, we said that the right hand of God, it dashes or shatters the enemy into, into pieces. pieces. I mean, everything that comes against us, it just shatters it into pieces. And then number two, we said that the right hand of God, it'll swallow up our problems. Yes. That if we'll stop holding on to our problems, if we'll stop trying to be the owner of them, stop trying to fix them, that literally God will trouble whatever troubles us. Amen. And then the third thing was what we talked about last week is how God's right hand upholds us when everything else fails. And one of the things that we talked about last week that I just loved, I, I used it two or three different times this week in counseling with somebody, is this idea that, hey, we are all going to face storms. We are all going to face the rain of life. We're all going to face the winds of life. Uh, and we all are going to receive the outcomes of whatever we built on. Mm-hmm. And whether we build our foundation, our house, so to speak, on sand, or whether we build it on this solid rock, which we happen to know to be the word of God, that our our consequences, so our consequences of building on one of those two things will determine our outcome. And so, you know, the last thing I'll talk about, and then we'll get into this, is this idea that we saw last week in Isaiah 33 and 6. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 33 and 6, we said this. It says, he, talking about God, God. will be our sure foundation. Uh, he says he will be our sure foundation. He will be a rich store of salvation, you, that word meaning deliverance. Um, he says, and wisdom and knowledge. He's going to deliver us. He's going to give us wisdom. He's going to give us information. He says, and the reverential fear or the fear, the, the, the awe of God, that is going to be our key to his treasures. Yes. In other words, the key to receiving this deliverance and salvation the key to receiving this wisdom, this knowledge is going to be uh, us being in awe of God. And you were talking this week and you were saying one of the ways that we we become in awe of anything is getting to know it intimately. When we get to know something intimately, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that about, you know, you ever met somebody and you get to know them and, and then once you've known them for a while, you go, oh, I didn't know that about them. Well, that's what we want to do when we encounter God. Every day we want to encounter a new aspect of him. We want to see a new a, a, a new side of his character. And part of the way we get to do that is by learning different names for him, different facets for him, how he operates in different areas of our lives. And that's why I'm excited about this series about what's in a name. What's in a name. I'm super excited about this um, series, too. And I think, you know, here's the thing. Um, a lot, of, one of the questions, so one of the things that we ask people a lot is what did God say? Mm-hmm. And so as a result, I get a lot of messages during the week where people are asking me, how do you know you heard from God? Mm-hmm. Or how do you know if God, you or the devil, those different things right there. And I always say this thing and I don't, I don't mean it to be flip, but I say to them, 
the same way you know your mother's voice, the same way you know your spouse's voice. If you spend time with someone, then you get to know them more intimately. The reality of it is, is we know each other so much better now than we did when we first met each Mm -hmm. other, right? And we, and I know God so much better now than I did when I first started on this journey Mm. with him. Now, let me tell you what I think is really interesting about a lot of believers. In the beginning, we had love for each other, but really a lot of it was infatuation because we didn't actually know each other, right? right? right, right. And the reason that people fall out of love in the natural and with God is because the infatuation never goes to something deeper Deeper. where you begin to intimately know Mm. that person. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens in relationships. And it's also what happens with God in the beginning. Every time I see you, it's tingly. It's amazing. It's oh, my goodness. Right. Except when you walk with somebody every day. That is not what you're going to feel every moment of every day. So if your relationship with your husband, your wife, or your God is just based on the emotionals, the tinglies, then you don't have anything to anchor you in trouble. That's right. Now, we saw in the pandemic that a lot of couples didn't make it. And a lot of couples didn't make it because they didn't have the kind of intimacy that allowed them to get to know each other deeper. And what happened is, is when they were together without any distractions, no soccer games to go to, no basketball games to go to, no meetings to go to, right? No us against your boss, us against my boss, right? Then what ended up happening is that they realized they really didn't know each other Mm. and they really didn't have anything to anchor them. And what happened is being together like that forced them to get to know each other. And what many people discovered is, oh, I don't really like I don't really who I'm seeing. Who I'm seeing. Yeah. Right. Because I hadn't been forced to spend that kind of intimate time with you. Uh, and now that I'm forced to spend that time with you, I don't, I don't know that I like what I'm seeing. The opposite, I believe, is true when we get to spend time with God, though. Even if we're forced to do it, even if a pandemic forces us to do it. And, I, you know, you talked about that. And I think the pandemic forced a lot of people to realize, wait, I'm not as close to God as, as I, I thought, thought I was. was. I thought I knew you know, way more about God. I, I, I thought I was really close to God because I went to church on Sunday or I went to church on, on Wednesday. You know, but when churches closed down and now I'm, I'm isolated in the sense that I don't have community and I, and I just have to rely on the word. I realized I didn't like the word as much as I thought I did. It's like, oh, man. So what am I going to do now? And one of the things that I think why Fellowship of Champions has had the impact that it's had over the pandemic is because a lot of people realize they needed to be taught Mm, that when there was no shouting music, when there was no turn and touch your neighbor and run around it three times, that they actually didn't know yeah. very much about God. When there were no small groups, so when, it wouldn't, which, which sometimes are just social, not all the time, but sometimes they turn into just social events. Uh, when it, when there was no small group, when it was no choir practice, when it was no, uh, you know, in-person, when I, when, it, when, I, when I took all of that away and it was just me and the word, oh my goodness, I realized maybe I haven't paid enough attention to the word to love it like I'm supposed to. And I want to say this, the word is always designed to bring us into encounters. Mm -hmm. And so many people have done a lot of memorization, but you've never encountered the God behind the word. You've never encountered the God behind the word. 
Chris, do me a favor. I'm going to keep talking, but I put a scripture in the prayer group the other day. It was in Revelations and it was about dipped in blood. And if y'all could put that up, because it's this great example that a lot of people say they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. But if you don't love the word, you don't know Jesus. What you love is your idea of Jesus. And, And this is so funny because, you know, we talk about this a lot in our family, right? What people know, think they know about us versus what's actually true about us. And we were all saying the other day when we were hanging out with our group, we were saying, if you don't know that Pastor Edwin is the nicest one of us, then you don't know him. Mm. If you've only looked at his Facebook page, if you've only seen the Mm. petty, Mm. you, you don't know because everybody who knows him knows that he is genuinely one of the absolute nicest per people on the planet, right? You be trying to be hard, but you really are. And so this scripture came up the other day in Revelations 19 and 13. I had never seen it in this translation. It says he wore a robe dipped in blood mm-hmm. and his title was, was the word of his God. Title was the word. So of God. if I say I love Jesus, mm-hmm. but I don't love the word, I love the ideology of Jesus because I don't actually know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because in order to know Jesus, I would have to know the word. Now, you're like, guys, you're like, okay, Pastor John, Pastor Edwin, what does this have to do with what's in a name, right? Okay, so this series is not about us accumulating more head knowledge, Mm -hmm. The information that we teach here is always designed to bring us into encounters. Everybody put this in in the comments. Say, I was designed to encounter God, not just read about him. I was designed to encounter God, not just read about Mm -hmm. him. There should come a point in my life where the things I am reading about in my Bible should become real to me. Mm -hmm. I should know him as a deliverer. I should know him as a provider. I should know him as an encourager. It's not enough for me to just memorize the scriptures. I was designed to encounter God, not just read about it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so we're not just so when we're we're going to spend several weeks talking to you guys about the names of God, because we want to get into you being able to know how to move in and out of the heavenly places. And you'll never do that if you don't actually encounter God. And and the great thing, and I like how you said that, because this is not about can you name the 12 Hebrew names of God? Yes. The question is, can you encounter them? Can you encounter them? Can you, can you encounter Jehovah Gamola? You know, and all the names that we know are in songs and that we will mention and talk about, it's not about whether you can commit those to memory. It's about how do you get to know the God of the name? Not just the name of God, but how do you get Get to to know know the the God God of of the the name? name. How do I encounter El Shaddai? You know, how do I do those kind of things? Because if you can if you can learn to encounter him in all of his facets, it it, it adds to a much a much more robust kind of relationship. Well, and the thing is, is that a lot of people you've learned to do a lot of church stuff Mm -hmm. and they all have their place. There's a place for prayer. Mm -hmm. There's a place for giving. Mm -hmm. There is a place for fasting. There is a place for reading your Mm -hmm. Bible. But if it does not translate into an encounter, 
not just an encounter that made that it the encounter. I was thinking about this this morning. I was praying and I was saying, the more you see God, mm -hmm. the more you realize how incredibly honorable and faithful He is in a way you can't describe, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And what begins to happen for you is that when you see him like that, when you begin to see him, your heart wants to honor him. Mm -hmm. And I can always tell people who have seen him as opposed to people who have read about him. Yeah. The longer I am married to you, mm -hmm. the less I want to do anything that dishonors mm -hmm. or injures you. Yep. So when I can say, I love Jesus, I love God, mm -hmm. but I'm still okay with keeping things in my life mm -hmm. that I know go against him, mm -hmm. I don't really know him. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, we, when we know someone, if you even think about like Jordan, for example, mm -hmm. right? Jordan doesn't eat as many foods as the rest of us, right? right? So because we love her and the more we know about her, right, there are things we wouldn't go buy her and present to her because we know that they won't do anything for right. her heart. We know right. that they won't right. satisfy her, right? right? And so what we want to do is we want to bring you what I'm really hoping will happen here is that you will begin to be stared. One of the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14, it says we should cover the gifts. Meaning that when we find out that God is doing something, we should want that too, right? So if someone knows him as healer, we should be like me too. If someone knows him as provider, we should be like me too. Mm -hmm. We should want to know him. You know, we laugh about this, that like, I don't like when you be over there talking to the guys and they know stuff <laughs> about you, I don't know. Right. I want to know, and I want you, here's the thing. When you love God, yeah. You want, you to, know want to know everything, everything about him. You do. Can I get an amen? Amen. You, you, amen. you don't just want to know, will amen. he give you some money? You don't just want to know, amen. will he give you a job that you want? You don't just want to know, that he will he give you a husband? You want to know everything about him. And you can always tell. And, and it's not that people don't understand this. Because when people go on dates with people, and those people never ask them anything about themselves, that's not a person you want to keep right, dating. Right, right. If you go on a date with somebody and all they do is talk about themselves and they never, they don't know your favorite color. They don't know what food you like to eat. They don't know anything about you. That is not a person you want to build a relationship with. How many people say they love God, but never in the day do you ever ask God, can you do anything for him? It's just, God, I need a job. God, I need a man. God, I need you to come through. God, why don't you hear me? God, what, that's not relationship. Right, right. That's not relationship. So the goal in this, again, it's not that you, when we get through with this, you can name off the 12 names of God or right. how many we're going to do, right? Right. It is that you would begin to say, wait a minute, I have access to you, but I really don't know anything about mm, you. Mm. I really don't. He's given us Holy Spirit so we can know about him. Yep. And most of us really don't care that much about knowing mm. about him. What we care about is him doing what we want him to do, mm -hmm. which is why we're offended when he doesn't do what we want him to do. Absolutely. Right. So we're going to be talking about the names of God. Because we want to bring you into encounters where you get to see his beauty 
in a way that changes how you live. And I like the way you said it yesterday when we were writing, um, when we were writing up to Bentonville yesterday. You said, um, <clears throat> how did you say that? You said that it's not about knowing the names of God. It's about knowing what's in him, in his name. And that's why we titled this what's what's in a name it's it's not just knowing the names what does that name represent because names have meaning you know names mean something and so do do you know him as a healer do you know him as a comforter do you have have you encountered him and so yes while we may talk about some some of his names i want to reiterate that this is about you knowing the god of that name you know, I, listen, I want everybody, if you're not driving, put your hand over your heart as we get ready to go in and teach it. And I want you to say, I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to know God. I want to know you. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. So, you know, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Yeah. That's what Romans 10 tells us, that faith comes by hearing and yep. hearing by the word of God. So what we really want to do is we really want to dig in and see what scripture has to say. This is going to be a little different than some of our other teachings where it's like these seven points, whatever. We're going to spend a lot of time just today really in two passages of scriptures because we want to walk you through how God was revealed to Moses mm. and how it changes changed Moses' entire life. But let's start with this scripture right here, Psalms 138 and 2. It says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified Man. thy word oh. above thy name. Yes. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Now, if you think about this, you go, we know that the Bible tells us in Philippians that God has given Jesus a name mm. that is above every, every name. Yes. But he says here, I have magnified my word above my name. And one translation says in the Martin Luther German Bible, it says, for you have made your name glorious, glorious. above everything through your, through word. your word. Now, you want this. If y'all stop and think you understand this. People are only as good as their name. Yeah. And their name is determined by what they do with their work. Yep. Yep. If you think about it, that's a very simple thing to understand. What we think about someone's name, when you hear the name Edwin Strickland, Sean Strickland, Raphael Marlowe, Kristen Valley, Tanitria Buffington, when you Etoy Monts, when you hear those names. What you think about those names has a lot to do with what you have encountered in their word. Mm -hmm. Are they keepers of their word? So God says, listen here, I've exalted my word above my name because my name is only as good as my word. Now, y'all know this to be true because that's why there are some people who are like, why don't you trust me? Mm -hmm. I don't trust you because you don't keep your word. Yeah. So I need y'all to put this in the comments. Say God is a covenant keeping God. God is a covenant keeping God. God is a covenant. He is a God of his word. <laughs> he, keeps his word. he keeps his word. He always keeps his word. Yes. So when you find yourself saying God didn't come through on this, it's because you don't know that he's a covenant keeping God. When we say God didn't come through, here's what we mean. God didn't do it the way we thought he yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, I have it written in my Bible. And we said this a lot last year. When I say last year, I mean 2021, the year 2021. We said this a lot. And that is that God can be trusted. God can be Why trusted. Why can God be trusted? Because he's a God of his word. Literally, he says that heaven and hell will pass away before his word would. He said, my word is so it's so sure. It's such a sure foundation for you that heaven and hell would cease to exist before my word stopped doing what it's supposed to do. He can be trusted. And so what happens is, is that when we don't know him, what we do is we decide whether God is faithful based on what he did, what we wanted him to do or not. Wow. That's right. We decide, the way we wanted him to we, do. It's not when we wanted him to when, do. How and, he wanted him to do. And so now we're measuring the faithfulness of God, mm -hmm. not based on what He said He would do, Golly. but what we think He should do. And I use this example all the time because I say faith starts where where the will of God, God is, is known. known. And I say here's an example right here. If you get up this morning and you decide that Pastor Edwin and I are coming to take you to dinner when church yep. is over, yep. and so now you've made a faith confession. I believe that I received Pastor. When the pastor John are coming to take me to dinner because I sure want to go to dinner with them today. You get up and you get dressed. You sow a seed. You send a seed to Angie because you say, I have set my faith that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are coming to take me to dinner today. You get up, you get dressed, you tell everybody, you post on social media, and then you go outside and we don't come. And then you go back inside, and what you say is, Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin can't be trusted. Yeah. Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin, they don't come because they didn't come pick me because up. they didn't come pick yeah. me up because yeah. I wanted them to take me to dinner, yeah. and they didn't come take yeah. me to dinner, and now they can't be trusted. Yeah. We got a fundamental problem with yeah. your faith. Yeah is that your faith was actually foolishness and presumption because you never had a word from us that we were coming anywhere to do anything. Mm -hmm. And many people, because you don't know God, because you have looked at other people's testimonies, you've looked at what happened to Courtney, you've looked at what happened to Ebony, you've looked at what happened to Ralph, and you have tried to strong arm God into doing for you what he did for somebody else. And now you, now you decide that he's not faithful because he didn't keep your word. He he didn't violate his word. He violated your word and you think they're the same. Yeah. And in the reality of it is you wanting God to do something is not the same thing as God promising to do something. It's just not. It's just not. And so that's why we always say, what did God say? Because we know that faith begins where, where the, the will, will of God, God is known. Is this making sense to y'all, right? <clears throat> so it says, now let's look at Philippians 2 and 2, 9 and 11, because yep. you really need to walk through the scriptures because it's time for us. Romans 12 and 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It is time for the body of Christ to shift our mindset and stop trying to strong arm God into doing what we want him to do and to understand that God is faithful and to find out what he is doing and get involved with that. I said to my uh, mentees yesterday morning, I said, let me tell y'all something. I said, we literally are over here sometimes trying to kick in a door that's not our door. And it's a whole big old open space over yeah, here. Yeah. If we would just move over and walk in that, we would see the provision of that. Yep. Right. Yep. And so we want really what I believe this is going to do, because one of the things you told us in the prophetic word that God gave you, you said, don't panic. Don't, panic. don't come out of love. Yeah. Right. You told don't us that God, don't be in fear. You told us that God was going to anchor us in whatever happened. Yep. But if I don't know God, I won't be anchored. That's true. 
If I don't know him, I won't be anchored. And knowing about somebody, I'm, I use a I use a lot of stories because Jesus used a lot of stories. And I talk about this several years ago. I preached for my friend, Dr. D.D. Freeman. I was sitting by Michelle Williams, member of Destiny's Child, right? Mm -hmm. While I'm sitting by Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams is actually test, um, texting Beyonce while we're waiting on the service to start. And I have this revelation. That as much as I know about Beyonce, I only know about her. Mm -hmm. I do not know her. Michelle knows her. And many of us have settled for looking at the Instagram post of God, mm. for looking at the TikTok mm. version of God, for looking at the snapshots mm. of God. And so we know a lot about him, mm. but we don't actually know him. Mm. Example, because I love examples because people get examples. Years ago, we were at this conference and this lady kept saying to me that you didn't talk because you were shy. Mm. Every time we said we were assigned to dinner tables, we keep sitting down there and she keeps just saying, you know, Ellen doesn't talk. And then finally she's like, you know, Ellen probably doesn't talk because you talk a lot. I mean, fine. About the fifth <laughs> time I say to her, I say, you don't know my husband. Because everybody who knows my husband knows that when my husband doesn't talk, it means he doesn't like you. It's not that he's shy. It's not that he doesn't have anything to say. It's that he doesn't like you. She had observed encounters and she thought she knew you, right. but she only knew about you. Right. <laughs> she knew about you. Babe was kicking me under the table, but I was done. I'm like, listen, because ma'am, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and the truth of it is, I feel that way sometimes when people talk about God. Mm. I'm like, you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you wouldn't have said that. Mm. You only said that because you didn't know him. Because mm -hmm. if you knew him, you wouldn't have, you know about him. You, you, you don't, your grandma knew him, you don't know him. Right. Your pastor know him, you don't know him. Right. Your husband know him, but you don't mm. know him. And so it's important for us to know what's in a name because we need to come into a deeper revelation of God. So we stop, so we stop being so that gum offended yeah. and so full of fear when God isn't doing things our way. That's true. All right. You want to read that scripture? Cause I talked a lot. It's fine. <laughs> Philippians two, nine and 11. You're doing great this morning. Philippians two, nine and 11. <clears throat> it says, wherefore God also, hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is what you were saying, which is above every, every name. name. He says that at his name, at the name <laughs> of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. It says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So when we see this scripture, what we understand here is that there is something about a name. There's an importance in a name in that, in that God gave Jesus a name such that everything in the earth, everything under the earth and everything in heaven at his name understood that authority and had to bow to it. Oh, but I'm so glad you said that because in the church, 
we te we treat in the name of Jesus like it's a magic potion. Right. That's right. So we think that it has, we think something has power. Like I can make a confession and say, I'm healthy, wealthy, and strong. And people will say, in the name of Jesus. Understand the power isn't there because you say right. in the name of right. Jesus. It's not an incantation. It's not an incantation. Right. It's not a witch's spell. Right. It is not you slapping in the name of Jesus on whatever you want. Right. You said that what they understand is the authority, the authority in the name, in that, name. that I have the right to lay hands on the sick because of the authority in the name. And who is the giver of that authority? The Bible, when you read that, it says, it says, wherefore God has highly exalted him. So even in even in that, it's like the reason heaven understands, the reason the earth understands, the reason everything under the earth understands the power in that name is because of who that authority came from. Yeah, that's and good. so when you get to understand that there are some things that have been given to us and the, the giver of those things had the authority to give them to us, then there are some things we don't tolerate in our life. No, and that's so good. And I love this because at the end of that, it says, he says that everyone shall confess Jesus is Lord to the glory, glory. of the father. Mm -hmm. So it was the father's good pleasure. So when I, so I don't get the right to now come and say, I'm going to God, but I'm not going through Jesus. Right. When God already said, no, it's my good pleasure mm -hmm. that everything I am be encompassed in Jesus and that he is the way to me. Yeah. And you think about this. I, I used to work for a law firm and this was a lot of thing that people didn't understand that a law firm, the receptionist is the gatekeeper. Yeah, absolutely. And so what happens is, is that people literally are trying to bulldoze over the get over the receptionist because they think that the receptionist is lowly and doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, your engagement with the receptionist determined if you was going to ever get back there to the Lord. Oh, absolutely. And so we need to understand that God has decided that Jesus is the gatekeeper of the kingdom and that the only way to get to the kingdom is to go through him. And I can say all day, oh, I know God. I came from God, all of that different stuff. But have I accepted Jesus? Because if I have not accepted Jesus, I do not have access to God. That's right. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. So God wants wants us to know to so, know to yes. know to know now let's look at what the word know means it means to perceive it means to see to find out to discern mm -hmm. to be able to discriminate and distinguish. distinguish between yes right and to know by experience that's why i keep saying to y'all god wants you to have encounters he says first of all i want you to perceive Second of all, I want you to find out. That suggests I'm going to have to do something. Do some searching. I'm going to have to do yeah. some searching. I have some accountability and responsibility. So I have some accountability, right? I'm going to find out. I'm going to discern. And then I'm going to begin to discriminate and distinguish. Is this God? Is this so there, not God? There are some things I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to search and look at and then make a determination based on what I see. How does this line up with the word? Come because on. Because if this doesn't, even if, even if I feel it, even if I believe it, even if it sounds good, but it doesn't go along with his word, I'm going to have to distinguish and then discriminate between that. So you mean that it's going to be times that in my flesh, I'm going to want to do something. Uh, and it's but going to feel right. And it's going to feel right. Mm -hmm. And feel good doing and it. And it's going to feel good. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to discriminate against that thing and distinguish my own 
flesh from what the Bible actually says. But, and I do that by okay. going, okay, I know I want to do this, uh -huh. but the word says this. Therefore, what I want to do is antithetical to the word of God. So I have to choose now. I have to choose. It comes back to choose ye this day. Which one are you going to choose? I'm going to choose what feels good and what, and what and what I think is right and what the experts say, or I'm going to go with God. So I want to be clear. So this means that when people get married, mm -hmm. they don't stop seeing other people as attractive. That what they do is that they see somebody as attractive, but then they remember what God said about being with people they're not married to. And so then they stick with the person that God is that they God has given it. I don't know about other people. You're the only attractive one to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about other people. <laughs> but yes, I think what you're saying I think, is right. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're about to get the deliverance. No. No, you're exactly right. You're and, exactly so, right. and so when I don't have proper discernment, when I don't have the ability to distinguish because I haven't the had the ability to see and to find out and to discern, then I don't understand that there is a way that seemeth right seemeth but right. ends Ooh, in destruction. That's good. That's good. I don't understand that just because I want it, it doesn't mean that God has to give it to me. I don't understand that just because I felt it right. don't mean God was in it. That's I don't right. felt a lot of stuff God wasn't that's in right. it. You have too. That's Go ahead right. and put that in, in the comments. <laughs> Say, I have felt a lot of stuff God was not in. And I like this because this idea of knowing, this idea Baby, of, everybody laughing this, at your ass. <laughs> <laughs> this idea to perceive, this idea to, to find out and discern, this idea of discriminating, distinguishing against these things in my flesh and what's in the word, and then to know by experience. That is why the Bible says in Daniel 11 and 32, it says, they that know, know they that God. know their God, those who perceive, those who see, those who Find out and discern those who discriminate and distinguish between those who know by experience. Those that know their God, they shall be what? Strong. Strong. And they shall do great exploits or have great adventures with God. So if I'm weak, if, mm, I don't know God. Mm. And if I'm not having exploits. Because the Bible says when I'm weak, it says let the weak say I'm what? Strong. Strong. So even though I may be feeling weak, I'm saying what the word says, which is that I'm strong. That I'm strong. I'm not saying what I feel. I'm saying who God said I am. And the reason that I'm saying I'm strong is not because I'm fronting. It's because I draw my strength from God. From God. So if I'm having trouble drawing strength, it's because I don't know him as a strength giver. Mm -hmm. I don't know him as a Ooh, sustainer. Yeah, right. And so that's why I'm having trouble, which is why I'm not doing exploits, because I am putting my life on myself instead of putting my life on my God. Which is why I got to know him as a God of sustainability. Which is why I've got to know him I as a God of sustainability, yep. right? Yep. So let's get into what the name of God we want to talk about today. Okay. So it's very important that you guys understand this. Culture matters. Can y'all put this in the comment? Is this blessing y'all? Culture, culture matters. matters. And culture is everywhere. Yes. Our family has a culture. Yes. yes. Our community has a this culture. This church has a culture. This church has a culture. Mm -hmm. Countries have a culture. Yep. And one of the biggest challenges that we get into is we are not culturally competent mm. regarding our God. Yeah. Now, I had to take a lot of cultural competency classes. And one of the things that we learned is that sometimes when people who are white are counseling people who are people of color, when they don't understand their culture, they say something is dysfunctional that is actually not dysfunctional. Right, right. Here's a great example. In most communities of color, families are generational. Mm -hmm. 
So the grandmother still has some impact. Mm -hmm. The 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 the, the um, Pawpaw can still put some comments in, right? You see a lot of those families where even if they don't live together, they live in close proximity. <laughs> so years ago, there was this problem where white social workers would come in and they would say that their families were out of order because they did not look like a traditional American mother, <laughs> father, two kid, three kid, seven kid family, mm -hmm. right? And over time, what people begin to say is, you are trying to discern what you don't have any competence mm -hmm. culturally in, mm -hmm. right? Now, as Americans, we need to understand that our culture is in direct contradiction to the Jewish culture and the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So we process a lot of things from our own culture to say whether it's right or wrong without understanding the proper culture. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to understand that the Bible is a Jewish book yep. written to a Jewish people from a Jewish God. Mm -hmm. Jesus is a Jewish Messiah. So when I don't understand culturally a Jewish culture, then now I look at something and I say, well, God can never mean that. No, you could never mean that in mm. the context of your culture, but in the context of his culture, he absolutely means that. Mm -hmm. Now, why am I saying that? Because we need to understand that in Jewish culture, not just Jewish culture, but that's the culture we're talking about. Names are a serious matter. Mm -hmm. They were significant. Names so are so significant that they didn't give it to him right away. That's right. Or sometimes they had it, it the name was already determined months and months before the child was born because they it, it was it was significant they they put a lot of weight on the name of something absolutely and we talk about this that with our kids we didn't just name them right god gave us the name for each one of our kids right and many times in our culture we just pick a name mm. we go oh i think that's cute Oh, I think that's so. But names had such a, a meaning because they literally believed that you would become, you would manifest whatever your name mm -hmm. was, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so you have to understand why God would have taken such care in releasing his name, his attributes of his name throughout culture. Mm. But now here is the problem is that when we read our Bible, mm -hmm. what they did in translation was that we ended up calling God, God. And really, it's just, God is really his nickname. Mm -hmm. It's not his name. And so what we lose in reading our Bibles is that we see the word Lord where there it meant El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. We see the word Lord where it meant Jehovah Sitkanu. And what ends up happening is we're missing the weight of understanding what he was actually revealing about himself. It's, it's really like if we just started calling everybody boy or girl. You 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 miss the nuances of people's names and, and the, that's really good and the beauty of of, of the diversity of, of, of people's names and things. And, and, and if we're not careful, if we only ever know God, we just know God, then we miss the beauty and the diversity of the multifacetedness of all of his names. Yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> then 
when we call on the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. we're still just taking a generic name, God, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have any more weight to us, mm -hmm. even though it may have some emotional connection right, to right. us, it doesn't actually mean mm -hmm. anything to us, right? Yep. So let's look at work today. We're going to focus on the name of God, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Yahweh, the name of God, Yahweh. It's important to understand that in the Hebrew Bible, Yahweh occurs 6,800 times. Mm. It appears in every book but Esther, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. So listen, Yahweh, 6,800 times in the Bible, mm. right? And so it is known as the sacred personal name of Israel's God. So it would be like... um. Bray Bray and Bray Bray and the kids call me Shun Shun. Mm -hmm. That is a personal name for me. And everybody doesn't get to call me Shun Shun. Right. God then reveals himself to his people. And he says, everybody's out here calling me God. But here's my name. Here is my personal name that you can call me. Mm -hmm. That's really good if you think about it, yeah, right? It is. Now, what happened is, is that over time, they cut out the letters, the, the vowels. And so what you have seen, um, what you have seen is that you may have seen the letters Y-H- W-H, because in an attempt for the Jewish people, in order to keep the holiness and the reverence to God's name, they stopped using the name. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. And then what ended up happening is that when the Germans translated the Bible in an attempt to keep in line with that holiness, what they did was they began to convert the name Jehovah. And listen, how many of y'all have ever used the name Jehovah? Sure we have. We have all used the name Jehovah. Do y'all know that Jehovah is actually not one of God's it's names? Not. It's another nickname. Why? Because there is no J in Hebrew. Right. So that's why Jesus's name isn't Jesus. It's actually Yeshua, mm -hmm. right? Now you go, Pastor Sean, does this really matter? It only matters if when you don't know the name, you don't know what's encompassed mm -hmm. in it. So you can say, hey, God knows that I'm talking to him. That's cool. But do you know which do attribute? You know? Do, do you know? know? Right. He do, knows, you know? do you know? Because God knows everything yes. that's encompassed yes. in but him. Do you know? But do you know? Absolutely. So when you see people starting to, you, you, you see Pastor Edwin and I say Yahweh sometimes. We don't say Yeshua as much. But when you see people begin to use those names, what they're really trying to do is they're trying to bring the integrity back to God's name mm -hmm. and actually call him who he is because it creates a greater dimension mm -hmm. of intimacy. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Right. And so it's so important to understand that when I say Jehovah, I'm really just saying a made up name that we called him, but Yahweh is actually his mm -hmm. personal name. Mm -hmm. Well, what does Yahweh mean? It means I am that I am. Mm -hmm. I am who I am. I am self-existent. I am eternal. I am eternal. I am eternal. Now, let's look at Exodus 1 through 14. Can you read that, babe? We're going to actually walk through this because you need to see the story. And we don't always read stories here. Sometimes we tell you the stories, we highlight a verse, but we're going to read it because you need to see something. 
you know you, you have, have Exodus 3 1 through 14 when we were starting verse 3 yeah start I'm starting verse 3 okay, so I'll I'll start reading it verse yeah. 3 uh it says now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back <laughs> or the west side of the wilderness and it came to Horeb Sinai the mountain of God it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush burned with fire yet it was not consumed it says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while thy bush is not burned. It says, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Verse five says, God said, do not come near. Put your shoes off for the place on which you stand is holy ground. Verse six says, also, he said, I am I am the God of your father and God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face and he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I am I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors. For I am there for, for I know their sorrows and sufferings and trials. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand and power of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a land good and large, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of plenty to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Pesarites, the, the Hivites and the Jezebites. It says, now behold, the cry of the Israelites has come unto me and I have also seen how the Egyptians have oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It says, and Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? And God said, I will surely be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain here in Hebrew or Sinai. It says, and Moses said to God, behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say unto me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am. And I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me. It says, and God said to Moses, this shall, this shall you say to, Is to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And by this name, I am to be remembered to all generations by this name. I am to be remembered to all, by this name, I am to be remembered to all generations. When I read that, I thought, because the enemy is always looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. It was a very intentional thing for us to not know the personal yep. name of God. Yep. Because he says, Mo think about this, God encounters Moses. Mm -hmm. They begin to have an exchange. Mm -hmm. And God says to Moses, Moses, I have heard the oppression of my people. Yep. I have heard their cry. Yep. And Moses, and he says, and Moses, I picked you yes. to go and set the people free. Yes. And Moses says to them, 
Moses says to God, and I love this right here. He says, he says, first of all, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? Because it was no small feat. Let's be clear. We're talking about culture here. It was no small feat to, to ever be presented before, before the Pharaoh. If you went before the Pharaoh, you better have known that what you were about to present was something that he was going to agree with, or it could be your death sentence. And Moses was already right. on the run. He was already on the for run. Murder. Right. He was, okay. That's why he was on the west side of this mountain that's here right. in the first place. Because he was already on right. the run for murder. So you got a murderer who is now on the mountainside living his own life. And some of you, you can relate to this. God has shown up to you. He has called your name. You have said, here am I. Yeah. And he said, I have, I have, because typically you need to understand this. Whatever God calls you to, it's because he has seen the oppression of a people. Mm. When God calls us to do things, he has seen the oppression of a people. And because he knows what he put in you. He knows the ability to deliver is on the inside of you. Come on. Because he, he put that ability in there. This is so good, right? So Mo, he says, verse 12, he says, God says to Moses, Yahweh says to Moses, yeah. he says, I will surely be with you, mm -hmm. right? And this shall be a sign that I have sent you when you have brought the people up out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain, right? Moses like, yeah, 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 that's cool, okay. He says, but when, Moses says, behold, when I come to the Israelites mm -hmm. and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? He says, oh, you want my personal yeah. name. Tell them yeah. I am. Yeah. Now, man, are y'all understanding this? Now, listen, we see the name Elohim, yeah. right? But Elohim is a generic name for all God. Mm -hmm. So Elohim is just the Unless Hebrew. it's written with the capital E, yeah. Yes. Yes. But when that's why people get offended when they go um in in I think it's Psalms eight when he says he sits God among the mm -hmm. gods because he's created us in his image so he identifies us as God not as big God but as little gods mm -hmm. right and I was saying to Pastor Edwin yesterday one of the most interesting things I found in this study is that we, that God never said he was the only God right. God said he was the only God to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. God clearly acknowledges that there are other angels, there are other demons, there are demigods, but he says, I am the God that you are to worship. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say those gods don't exist. Right. He says, I'm your God. Right. right. So he's not telling you your desire doesn't exist. Which is why when we refer to him, we refer to him as El Elio. The, the most, God of the most, he's the most, most high, high or God. the God of gods. He yes. is the God of gods, yes. right? Right? Let, man, listen, I hope y'all are getting this, right? So he says, say to him, I say to them, he says, I am. I was reading so many commentaries about this. And this is what all the Jewish people were saying. Moses was not saying, I don't know who you are. Right. Moses was saying, reveal to me what attributes of you I'm going to see in this battle. Mm -hmm. He he wasn't saying, well, what's your name? I don't know who right, you are. Right. <laughs> he understood the power of a name. And so he said, I need you to tell me who you are because when I know who you are, I can know what to expect from you in this situation. Mm -hmm. 
That is why it's important to know the names of Because God. if you look at it, even in verse 13, he says, and Moses says to God, behold, when I come to the Israelites, right? When I go to these people and I say to them, the, the God, God of, of your fathers, fathers has sent me to you. And then they say to me, all right, what's his name? What's then? his name? Because we want to know not just who his name is, what is what is the attribute we're going to get to see for him sending you to me? Because right now we're being oppressed. Right now we're being made to make brick without straw. Right now we're being we're being worked double time. We need to know that if you're coming to us saying that that that, that a God sent you, which God sent you? The attributes of who sent you? That's why he wanted to know that, those questions before he showed up to the Israelites. <laughs> and when we don't understand and come into that culture, then we go, well, it don't matter what we call God. Right. We go, it's all in Jesus, but you don't actually know what's all in Jesus. And then you wonder why yeah. you don't encounter any manifestation because you don't actually know the God you're calling on. Absolutely. Now, he says, I am Yahweh. Yes. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. I am what I am. Mm -hmm. And I will be what I will be. And then it says he is the self-existent one and the eternal one. I love that he, one of my favorite parts in this is that he's the self-existent yes, one. Yes. It means that God don't need any of us to be God. Mm -hmm. He got all by that himself. God, you know, I don't know if y'all who, I went to coach church for a little while and they said God don't need no matches. He filed by himself. <laughs> Let by me himself. tell you something. Whatever, it says he is the self-existent one. This is so important because now he's revealing to Moses before he gets to the battle, you're going to be looking and you're going to be wondering where some things are going to come from. But because I am who I am and I do what I do and I'm self-existent and I'm eternal, I'm going to pull it out myself. That's right. Yep. I'm going to pull it out of myself. You say, where does God get the wisdom for how he's going to help? Out of himself. Where, out of himself. Mm -hmm. Where does God create the new job from? Out of himself. Mm -hmm. He pulls it out of himself. Yes. And if you don't know that about God, yes. you show up to a situation wondering where God would get your rent money yep. from when he's going to pull it out of himself. Now, let me parenthetically insert this. If you watch Moses' journey, Moses did not just stand on that mountain and call for those people to no, be he free. Did not. He did not. He so believed God that he began to move, yep. right? Now, let's look at Exodus 6, because now we go see something. I hope this will bless you like it blessed me. So now, Exodus 3 God reveals his name. Mm -hmm. And in verse 15, he says, this is the name I should be known by for generations. Mm -hmm. And I just, when I studied this, I just feel like, man, I repent for us not knowing, not even that it was our fault, but for not knowing that this was the name you, and, and, and names really do matter. Let me tell y'all something. Pastor Edwin can't stand to be called Ed. Nope. He cannot stand to be called I actually, Ed. Well, I actually will, will act like you're not talking to me because you're not. He cannot stand to be called Ed. And what people do sometimes is that they think they have a right to shorten his name mm -hmm. and call him a name because it's more comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. So as you're making this transition and you begin to think about God as Yahweh, it may still be more comfortable for you to keep saying God. And I'm not saying you can't say God. Right, I'm right. saying you need to be aware that when you are saying God, it's a nickname. It's a moniker is actually mm -hmm. what it is. And you want to be aware that even when you're saying God, that you're really thinking Yahweh, the existent one, the one that is, the one that is to come, the one that is eternal, mm -hmm. that needs to be your mindset, not just come on, put in the comments, say what's in a name. There's so much in a name. Now let's look at Exodus 6 and 1. It says, then the Lord said unto Moses, 
Now you shall see that I will go to Pharaoh for under a compulsion. He will not only let them go, but under compulsion, he will drive them out of his land. Mm -hmm. Then God spoke further to Moses and says, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, Israel, as God Almighty, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. But my name, Yahweh, it should actually say Yahweh right there. It says Lord. But my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them in acts and in great miracles. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of the can of the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as strangers and temporary residents and foreigners. And I have also heard the groaning of the sons of Israel, whom the Egyptians have enslaved. And I have faithfully, faithfully remembered my covenant with Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am Yahweh. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will free you from their bondage. Mm -hmm. I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched, vigorous, powerful arm and with great acts of judgment against Egypt. Then I will take you for my people, my God. I will take you for my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am Yahweh, your God. God who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land, which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and I will give you as a possession. I am the Lord. You have the promise of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all caught this. Mm -hmm. God shows up to Moses. Yep. He says, Moses, look here. I need you to go rescue the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Moses says to him, Hey, when I go see him, who should you tell? Who should I say sent me? He says, I'm going to give you my personal mm -hmm. name as a stamp. Tell him Yahweh. Tell him Yahweh. I am that I am. He then in Exodus 6, you got to remember this is just a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not written in right, chapters. Right. He says, When I made covenant, with Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob mm -hmm. I did not reveal myself to them as Yahweh. I reveal myself to as them El. as El Shaddai. Shaddai. Well, pause. We talk, we're not talking about El Shaddai this week because we're going to come back and talk about it. But what does the name El Shaddai mean? It means the God who is more than enough. Mm -hmm. So if you go back and you walk out the journey with Abraham and God, Isaac and God, Jacob and God, what do you consistently see in their life? Provision, because the attribute of God that is revealed to them is that he is the God of more than enough, which is why they would go into famine and come out with more than they went in because preach. they knew him as El Shaddai. That's God. how they related to him. They related to him as a God who provides. And so that's because they knew him that way. It's why they entered situations one way, but came out another way. Does this make sense to y'all? Because they understood that attribute. That's how he revealed himself. He says, I am El Shaddai. I am the multi-breasted one. I am the one who can provide for you in every situation. So that's why it didn't matter that it, they, they found themselves in situations that were destitute. They, they always came out in abundance because that's all they knew about that particular facet of their God. 
Because Abraham goes to <laughs> Egypt yep. and he comes out with silver and gold. Yep. And and Isaac stays in Gerar and yep. he gets the hundredfold yep. in the same year. Yep. And Isaac, I mean, and, and Jacob, Israel works for a man who steals from him. And then God allows the. the, the He's such a provider. He allows he allows Jacob to be in a situation where he is tricked out of what's rightfully his. But he gives him wisdom. He gives him revelation and insight. It says here. Everything that behold, something that beholds something becomes it. He says, so take the stakes and stick in the ground. And when you feed the animals, all the stripes and spotted ones will be yours. Why? Because he was a, that's how he knew him. He knew him as a God of provision. So when God is trying to increase us financially, he exposes the nature of himself in Jesus that is the all sufficient one. Mm -hmm. This is a job for El Shaddai. So when I have, when I got need for something, that's a job for El Shaddai. But he says to Moses, he said, listen here, they problem is not provision. Right. Their problem is that they have an oppressor. Mm -hmm. He says, so what you need to know is that I'm Yahweh, which means I'm now going to be the God who does mighty acts. Mm -hmm. If you stop and think about it, when you look through the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you do not see miracles. Nope. You do, you do not see, you see things well, we call, we miracles, call miracles, but right. you don't see, you don't see Moses, you don't see Abraham throw down a stick right. and it become a snake. Right. Why? Because it wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. But now God is saying to Moses, you about to go in this situation here. And what am I going to be? Whatever you need to get whatever out of this situation. Whatever you need to be. I'll be to a, get I, I, whatever you whatever need. you need. You need to be a bridge with troubled waters. That's what I'll be. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be whatever it is that you need. And I love this right here because God makes covenant with yeah. Abraham yeah. as El Shaddai. Yeah. But he, when he comes back and remembers the covenant because he hears the cry of, of Abraham's people, people yes. who are in bondage, yes. he says, tell them I'm coming back based on my covenant, yes. but I'm about to reveal something yeah. I'm that gonna you, you didn't know. I'm going to give you something you can use personally. Yes. <laughs> tell your neighbor, say, you need to know him personally. Yes. You need to know him personally. Why does this matter? This matters because faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason that many of us know for fact you can go to church and believe God as savior, but not believe him as healer. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. You can believe God as healer, but not believe he will take care that's of your right. finances. Right. Tell you, they say, I want to know it all. I want to know him. I want to know him all. I want to know him as healer. I want to know him as mind regulator. I want to know him as divine protect. Like I got a testimony now. I was in an accident that should have took my life. Yeah. Baby, I know for a fact that he is a delivering yeah. God. You got to want to know him as all of it. Why? So that no matter what shows up, you like this is a job for Yahweh. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Whatever I yeah. need. Because you cannot have faith in something you have no revelation of. You cannot have faith in something you do not have revelation of. It's so important. You must, we, we have to, we have to know God. We have to know the facets of who he is so that we can have faith in him. Why? Because faith begins where what? The, the will, will of, of God, God is known. known. He said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, my will is for you to know me as a provider. But then he came to Moses and said, now I need you to know me as I can be whatever you need. I, faith, 
Pharaoh gonna try to throw so many tricks and, and schemes. He's gonna you. use all kind of witchcraft. I ain't got time to tell you all of the different things that's gonna happen. Just know when you go to Pharaoh, I'm gonna be whatever you need me to be. If Pharaoh says he got magicians, I'm gonna let you do some stuff that's gonna show up his magicians. If Pharaoh says he ain't gonna let the people go, he said, Listen, I got a plan to let I, to terrorize Pharaoh that he's gonna let you go. He said, Not only is he gonna let you go, he's gonna convince y'all to go, he's gonna force y'all to go, and he's gonna send you out with more than what you have right now. No, and I love so he it. Was still being no, a provider. No, no, I love he it. Was because, still being a provider. Man, are y'all being blessed by this? <laughs> it's why he couldn't just send them out with just their freedom. No, no. He had why. to send them out with their freedom and their provision because he says, I have been El Shaddai to your forefathers. I'm telling you that I am Yahweh. And now that you know both, now you're going to receive both facets of me. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I forgot what chapter it is. I think it's 15. It may be 16, but it's verse 35 and 36. So check it. After God has showed out as Yahweh, mm. after they throw some snakes down, he tell Moses to throw his rod, my, um, throw his rod down. His rod become a snake to eat their snakes, eat right? Snake. He eat up their snakes, right? Listen. He says, now, after he has revealed himself as Yahweh, because he is a covenant-keeping God, covenant and his covenant God. is with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it says, now the Israelites had acted in accordance with the word of Moses. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me. Y'all should underline that in your Bible. Now that the Israelites had, had, acted, had acted had acted, <laughs> right. in accordance <laughs> with the word. With the word of Moses. Uh -huh. They obeyed the man of God. They, the man. <laughs> the man of the, God. They obeyed, they obeyed the, man the man of God. Of God. And they had asked Egyptians for articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. Next verse. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So they gave them what they asked for and they plundered the Egyptians. Now, this is what you need to understand about God. This right here is Ephesians 3.20. Mm -hmm. When he says he wants to do something exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Now, you got to think about this. Here they are. They're being oppressed. Here they are. They've been in bondage. They go from being free people to being in bondage mm -hmm. for 400 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And now what has happened is, but they got a covenant with Abraham. Mm -hmm. See, some of you need to stop and give praise for God right now, mm -hmm. because right now you need to understand it's some things you living in. Now you didn't pray your way into it's because he had covenant covenant with your grandma. Yeah. It's had because he had covenant with your mom. It's because he had covenant with your dad. I will never forget when the Lord told me in 2021, what you're living in now, yeah. this is about the covenant with me and your grandma. Mm. This ain't got nothing to do with mm. you yet. What you're trying to do is establish that your grandkids will mm. live in the covenant that I have with you. There are literally things that you are experiencing in your life right now that don't have anything mm. to do with you. Mm. They have everything to do with the fact that your grandma had covenant with God and she prayed over you. You're like, how did I get that favor? How did I get that house? How did I get that provision? Because years ago, your grandmother was covered you in prayer and as a side note that's why we don't stop interceding for mm -hmm. our generations right mm -hmm. he does all of this and they would have been happy to just be free mm -hmm. but he says no 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 because i am still also I am still ill should, should i and y'all been here for 400 years mm -hmm. and you made them rich yeah and now they about to give you your stuff mm -hmm. so go ask them for your stuff so not only did they take their freedom but they also took their provision. And I want to say this to the person who you just said, if I can just be free, God ain't just a barely God. That's right. God is like every single aspect of God 
He wants you to experience it all. All the freedom, all the healing, all the peace, all the deliverance, all the purpose, all of the abundance. He wants you to experience it all. But if you go back to verse 35, it says, now the Israelites had acted in accordance with the word of Moses. Mm -hmm. So Moses had to know who God was mm -hmm. so he could introduce them. And then they had to trust Moses so that they could receive it. Mm -hmm. Now, this next week, we're going to talk about El Shaddai. Mm. Next week, we're going to talk about El Shaddai. And you can just go ahead and say, this is a job for El Shaddai. Yeah, this, this is, is a job, job for El Shaddai. Shaddai. I don't have no money. This is a job, for, a job El for El Shaddai. Shaddai. My business is not prospering. This is a job for El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. But right now, I want you to take just 13 seconds. And I want you to give God some praise. Some and I want heart, you to fire, focus some... on him as I am. I am. I want you to think about the things that, you, that have felt too big. You don't know what the solution is. You don't know what the answer is. And I want you to begin to exalt him as the eternal one, mm -hmm. the self-existent mm -hmm. one, the I am that mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. the I am who I am. And I want you to just lift him up mm. so that whatever seemed bigger than he was, gets put in proper mm -hmm. place because he is, I am. His name is Yahweh. He's the solution for every problem. He is the solution for every problem. My goodness. He says, and this name should be remembered mm -hmm. for every generation, mm -hmm. for every generation. Mm -hmm. So when I'm thinking about the name of Jesus, I got to remember El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. I got to remember Yahweh mm -hmm. because I don't want to water down mm -hmm. who Jesus is. He encompasses everything. The Bible mm -hmm. says he gave God great pleasure to take all of himself mm -hmm. and put himself in Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So we hope this bless you. We got some key takeaways that we want to leave you with today. You want to do it first? Go ahead. So the first one is that our knowledge about God will impact our faith in God, which will impact our manifestation. So our knowledge about God, the reason that we're doing this, the reason that we want to come into encounters is because our knowledge about God is going to impact our faith in God, which is going to impact our manifestation. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so much God desires to do for us. So like when God is bringing out the children of Israel, if they go, we just glad to be free. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go to the Egyptians house. We don't have to ask for that mm -hmm. stuff. We just want to be free. So our knowledge about God, it's going to impact our faith in God, yep. which is going to impact our manifestation. Amen. Amen. Our second takeaway is this. It's that our knowledge of God can grow if we will be intentional about learning more about who he is. This idea of, you know, uh, he's he just God to me. Well, if he's just God to you, all you ever get to experience is that generic version of him. But if you say, you know what, wait a minute, I want to know these varying facets of who God is so that when I need to call on his name, I'm not only calling on his name, I'm calling on the God of that name, that I understand who, who I'm talking to and what he brings with him. And so if, if our knowledge of God, um, won't, if we want to grow our knowledge of God, then we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional about learning. So I'm encouraging you over the next several weeks, don't miss don't miss a lesson. Don't miss a lesson because I'm telling you, it can be a blessing to you.
Third thing we want you to take away from this is that the name of Jesus mm. contains all the names, mm. all the characteristics, mm -hmm. and all the power of God. And we need to know what's in his mm -hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say, was Jesus enough? It is. It but is. you want to know every aspect in that though. You want to you know should desire yes, to know every aspect. Yes, yes, yes. So listen. The starting point is to give your life to Jesus. But here's what I want you to do is we're checking to see if anybody needs to give their life to Jesus. or They need to come back from a backslidden state. I want you to tell us what's your biggest takeaway from this lesson. What's something that really stands out? What are you going to incorporate in this week so that this is not just head knowledge? And now you're calling Big Mama going, you know, God's real name is Yahweh. No. How are you going to apply this to your life? Mm -hmm. Right. But I want to tell you this. Listen, friend, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal savior, you've never made a public confession. Today's the day. Man, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to come home. Yes. You want to come home. If you're out here in a backslidden state, I know that sometimes your problems can seem so big. Your sin can seem so big. Your iniquity can seem so big. It can seem like, can I come home? Can I come home? Will God even accept me back? Yes. Why? Because yes. he, he's Yahweh. Because he's He'll Yahweh. Be whatever you need. Yes. <laughs> you he, need to come back. He's a rescuer. So you need to come back. Don't allow shame and guilt. Don't allow bad decisions that you've made to keep you. Be like the prodigal son who said, he, the Bible says, I love, you know, my favorite part of that story. It says he came to, to himself. himself. Yes. His father was praying for him. He to had come a realization. Home. He came to himself. And some of you are sitting in the pig pen of life. Come to yourself come and come home. come home. So we want to pray in the event that there's somebody who wants to give their life to the mm -hmm. Lord. If that's you, you can lift your hand. If you want to rededicate your life today, this last Sunday of January, you want to just go ahead and spend the rest of your life rocking with him. I want you to just come on and let's pray this prayer. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I know that I need a savior. Mm -hmm. I know that I cannot fix myself. I cannot heal myself and I cannot renew myself, mm. but I accept that you have given Jesus for me mm -hmm. and I want to come home. Yes. I accept Jesus as my personal savior and I give him my life. Amen. Amen. That's how you get saved. Amen. Now what you got to learn how to do is live like it. Mm -hmm. You know how you live like it? You know, the next thing you need to do, you need to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I say all the time that, you know, one of the reasons people struggle so much, you're trying to do with willpower what can only be done by the Holy Ghost. Mm. Mm. You're trying to will yourself into freedom mm. when in, you need the Holy Ghost. Why? Because your flesh fights against God. It's enmity toward God. But you need to learn how to walk with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will teach you. Say the Holy Ghost will teach me how to obey God. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will. He'll he will teach me, how to, me how to love what God loves. Mm -hmm. You will see yourself grow. So if you've never accepted Jesus, now you've accepted Jesus, or maybe you've been in church a long time and you've never asked for the Holy Spirit. If you grew up like I did, we were scared of the Holy Ghost. We thought you <laughs> called him and he made you roll on the floor. But and so you need to say, no, I know need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, it's a thing that goes around Facebook and people say, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? You need him to go to Walmart. Mm -hmm. You need him to deal with your kids, your husband, the people at your job. And so many of you, you're exhausted because you're trying to get it by willpower. Mm -hmm. Willpower is inferior 
You have Holy Ghost power that will teach you how to crucify your flesh, that will teach you how to go where your favor is, that will teach you how to make good, solid decisions. So ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then the third thing is, do you want to be a partner of this ministry? Mm -hmm. FOC is a great church. Yep. It's a great church. We're a teaching ministry. And for those of you who may be new to us, one of the reasons that we're probably a teaching ministry is our own frustration growing up yeah. of hearing these things about God and not knowing how to practically apply them. Yeah. Right. And so if you feel like that this is your church, come on and fill out this link and come and be a partner, because this year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to grow. Yeah. There's no end to yeah. our progress. Yeah. We're going to be people of integrity. We're going to be people of honor. We're going to be people who represent him well. We're going to be people who healthy, people who wealthy, people who bless going in and bless coming out. Why? Because we're gonna, we're not going to settle. We want everything that God has Absolutely. for us. Right Absolutely. now, we got some announcements this yeah. week and you need to come and hang out with us this week. Number one, on Monday, I do something called Strategies for Success on my personal page and on my professional page. Check it out at noon if you have the availability to. My goal is to help people learn how to practically apply the word of God so they can succeed. Amen. Then on Tuesday, we have prayer yep. at 7 p.m. Nope. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. At 8 p.m. Central. Mm -hmm. 8 p.m. Central, we pray. And let me tell you something. A praying ministry is a strong ministry. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about our ministry team, I love Andrea said, FOC is a wonderful church. I love it here. And Andrea lives in California. And we love so, you, and Andrea. We, and so you can be a partner from everywhere in the world. But we love prayer because something supernatural happens when you pray. Mm -hmm. And our prayer team who is led, that's led by Minister Chandra is very intentional about us praying the word mm -hmm. Word. So that we aren't just praying our feelings and emotions, but we're praying in line with God. Amen. Then on Wednesday, we have Ignite for our teens. Get your teens involved in Ignite. <clears throat> we have Victory Zone for our young kids, which is on demand. They can watch any day. And then at 8 p.m. Central, I got it right. Got it right. At 8 p.m., we have Refreshed Bible study taught by Pastor Ralph, and he is doing a killer job. And if you really want to grow up, guys, it's not enough to go to church on Sunday. You got to put the work in so that you can grow, so that you can be renewed, so you can be transformed. And then on Friday morning at 6.30 p.m. To 6 30 a.m. Central Time, our champions gather and we pray again. You like y'all pray twice a week? Yes, we really ought to pray every day corporately, <laughs> but we don't. Because we pray every day, but not corporately, right? Natural happens when right. we pray. And then we come back here on Sunday morning at nine o'clock a.m. Kristen Valley worships. If you haven't liked her page, please do. Pastor Chris and Elder Valley, they lead our worship. It's a great experience to prepare your heart. And then we come right back here at 9 30. Now, the last thing you want to do, you want to do that? Well, given. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, uh, then the Bible tells us very clearly that we communicate back uh, for what we have received in the word. Those of you that are partners here, you know, one of our stances, one of our beliefs is that we are 100 percent tithing ministry. We believe that every partner uh, has the heart of God. We believe that every partner understands that everything we have, we attribute it to God, that we are stewards uh, over a whole lot. Praise God. But we are owners of none of it and that we honor God in our giving. Uh, we honor God with our tithe. We honor God with our uh, sowing to help other people. Uh, and part of the way that we do that uh, is that you can give your tithe and offerings to the ministry, give to the scholarship fund. Uh, but we tell people, you know, someone asked me one time, they said, why do you encourage the people in your church to, 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 to give to other people? Doesn't that take away from your ministry? Absolutely not. We don't have a life of scarcity. We believe that not only do we bless the ministry, but we bless people. We look for ways to give every day. 
Who can we help every day? If I'm out to eat, I'm looking for somebody to bless. I, can I buy somebody a coffee? Can I buy somebody their meal? Holy Spirit, talk to me. What do you want me to do at the grocery store? Uh, because we understand that, number one, you can't ever outgive God. You can't ever outgive God. And the more you be a blessing to someone else, the more blessings, quote unquote, come to your own life. And so we just live a life of giving. So you can do that through multiple ways. You can do it through GiveLify. Speaking of which, you should have received your GiveLify uh, statement this morning. Uh, I believe GiveLify sent those out this morning. So uh, you should have that. You can give via push pay. Those have already been sent. So if you don't have that, check your email. Uh, Tithely has already been sent. So if you don't have that, check your email. And you can also text to give. We do have another way to give, which is through PayPal. And we ask that uh, only our international partners uh, use that platform for giving. The rest of you, we ask that you please give through GiveLify push pay or Tithely, even if you use text to give on Tithely. Uh, but we ask you to use PayPal for our international uh, partners. Listen, hear God in the same way that we say to you, what did God say? We say that about your giving. We know what God says about tithing, 10% of all of our income, amen? But we also want to hear God about our giving to the ministry, to the scholarship fund, but to also to people outside of the ministry. Can amen? I tell y'all something FOC did cool this week? Yep. What we this do? week, we bought oh, 10 yes, chairs. We, <laughs> we bought 10 chairs for a church that was expanding in Africa that meets outside. Yeah. So um, I don't remember the city because a friend posted and was like, hey, we're trying to get chairs. They need some more chairs. And so we bought 10 chairs on behalf of Fellowship of Champions. And somewhere in service already today, there are 10 chairs that said Fellowship of Champions, Fayetteville, Arkansas, that you are responsible for. And so we are taking the gospel all over the world. And we love that. And I was just so excited. I'm like, the next time they expand, we're going to buy more chairs. Why? Because we want to see the gospel touch all over the world. And I'm going to get more details and know the city and stuff. But I just thought it was super cool. He was like, and they they put the little chairs up and whoever gives, they put the little name on the back of it. And so our chairs say FOC Church. Fayetteville, Arkansas, and it's 10 of them because of you guys. You know the great thing about that that I like the most? They're expanding because they're giving they're getting people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're yes. saving lives. People are people who've never heard the gospel are, are hearing the gospel, some of them for the first time, and giving their life to Christ. And knowing that we had some small part to play in that just feels good. It to does. To bring people to Christ. Right. So listen, you pay, you play a role. We're global, right? So we love you. Come to service this week. Listen, I encourage you to go search the name Yahweh. You look for places that it is in the Bible. You try to grow in that revelation in that. And let's show up next week. And next week, we're going to talk about El Shaddai. Amen. Because Amen. Amen. we want to know everything that's in the name of Jesus. We love you. This is Fellowship of Champions. We are church teaching you how to walk, walk in, in love, live, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. life. Have a great week. Bye-bye.